The Ridge Crest Racket by Jean Pennington. Part 1 Unwelcome Assignments. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, Be strong, fear not. Isaiah 35 4, Chapter 1. Perhaps everything should have looked and felt different all of a sudden, but as Buddy Sullivan left his mother's office on Main Street and pedaled his bike toward home, he felt perplexed that everything looked and felt exactly the same. The sky overhead was still the deep, intense blue of autumn. Cars passed him on the road as people went about their normal activities, more or less unaware that Buddy even existed and Buddy's stomach was growling with hunger as it usually did in the wilderness of time between his lunch at school and the dinner he would share with his mother when she got home from work. Nothing has really changed at all, Buddy told himself, but he knew in his heart that somehow everything had changed in a solemn and important way. That's what death does, Buddy knew, which was why he was confused about the fact that to him everything still felt the same. It wasn't that he didn't have feelings, Buddy reasoned to himself. It was just that he didn't know how to feel. Are you okay? His mother had asked him after giving him the news. Do you feel sad? Buddy shook his head and shrugged. I'm fine, he told her, and it was true. He guessed it probably affected her more than it did him. After all, she had known him, whereas Buddy didn't even have a picture of him. It was better that way his mother had told him one time, and he believed her. Buddy's tires bumped over the ruts in the gravel driveway that ran alongside the small house he shared with his mother. Rocks flew up as he skidded to a stop in front of the large, somewhat dilapidated shed in the back. He ditched his bike next to the shed and glanced at his watch. There was no time to run inside and grab a snack. He was going to be late to the meeting, and the others would want to know why. He pushed through the bushes at the back of his yard, his own private entrance into the peaceful afternoon shade of Willow Valley. Although October was half over, the huge old trees that stretched their branches overhead still held firmly to their allotment of summer leaves. The entire valley basked in the warm sunlight, in quiet defiance of the fact that winter would eventually come. The tension in Betty's, Buddy's chest began to ease as he traveled the well-worn path down the steep hillside. For him, Willow Valley was the one place he was on equal footing with his friends. At school, Buddy struggled to make passing grades. At his friends' houses, he was often painfully reminded of how little he and his mother possessed. But in the gentle wildness of Willow Valley, Buddy and his friends were all the same just a group of regular kids who had discovered the treasure of true friendship. At the bottom of the path, a small, swiftly flowing stream wound through the floor of the valley. Buddy turned to the right and followed the trail along the edge of the water through a meadow of long grass. Soon a small wooden building came into view, nearly hidden in the deep shade of several tall pine trees. This shed was the headquarters of their club of five. They called themselves Willow Valley Kids. Just beyond the clubhouse, a small pond glistened between the trees, its surface ruffled by a comfortable breeze. Beside the pond stood three large old willow trees guarding the shoreline. Buddy paused and looked toward the water longingly. 
he wondered if there would be time to go fishing when the meeting was over. Then he turned into the doorway of the clubhouse. You are exactly 12 minutes and 17 seconds late, Terrence Connor announced as Buddy stepped into the room. Should I write that in the notes? Emily Johnson wanted to know. She drew a pencil from its place tucked behind her ear and grinned a welcome at Buddy. Only if it happens again, Terrence replied, pushing his glasses higher on his nose. He did not smile, because Terrence hardly ever smiles. But all the others knew he was joking. Buddy took his place in the only empty chair at the round table. To his left sat Michael Thomas, captain of the school basketball team, whose father was the pastor of Willow Valley Bible Church. Michael's dog, a large golden retriever named Bobo, lay sprawled underneath the table. To Buddy's right, Heidi Bellows observed him thoughtfully with large eyes that were nearly as dark as her curly black hair. Here and there on the tabletop were crumpled napkins, and Buddy perked up. Is there food? he asked hopefully. Heidi reached into a basket and handed Buddy a very large and soft pretzel crusted with salt. Freshly baked this afternoon by Bridget, she told him. Bridget was the German woman who cooked and kept the house running for Heidi's family. Here's some mustard to go with it, added Heidi, and three more pretzels are still left in the basket if you want seconds, thirds, or fourths. We ate ours while we were waiting for you, exclaimed Emily. Buddy sank his teeth into the warm sweetness of the pretzel and felt his uneasiness melt away. Food nearly always made everything better. Now that we're all here, we can get started, Michael declared. Terrence took a small wooden mallet from the window ledge next to him and wrapped it three times on the table to signal the official beginning of their meeting. Terrence, who was the smartest kid in Woodsville, liked to do things by the book. I call this meeting to discuss two items of concern arising from school today, he told them. The first one has to do, of course, with the upcoming science project. Michael groaned out loud. I've been dreading the science fair since kindergarten. It was true. In all the grades leading up to this one, the children had heard horror stories about the big science project, complete with a paper and a project display for the science fair. To make matters worse, a new teacher had arrived this year, fresh from a university in Chicago. Miss Larkin was all business and no fun. Don't worry, said Terrence. Miss Larkin said we can work on our projects in groups of two or three. I propose that we boys band together in one group and you two girls do the same. Buddy licked the mustard from his fingers and nodded. That sounds like a good plan, he said. But are you sure you want to take on Michael and me, Terrence? You'll be in danger of losing your straight A status, especially with that new kid in our block, in our class. Buddy was talking about Dylan Kodiak, a new student who seemed to be good at everything. On the last two math tests, he tied Terrence with perfect scores to the shock of the rest of the class. No one had ever come so close to Terrence's brilliance at Woodsville Elementary School. Terrence frowned and adjusted his glasses. Just promise me you'll work hard and do exactly what I tell you to do, he answered. Miss Larkin will be assigning us topics on Monday. So what is the other matter of business, Emily wanted to know. She pulled on the end of her very thick and rather messy braid of honey-colored hair. 
Is that a mystery to solve by any chance? Since their last adventure, it had seemed unusually quiet around Woodsville. Terrence shuffled his papers. I regret to inform you that the second item also has to do with school. If you remember, at the beginning of the year, the school principal informed us that we would be required to perform 15 hours of community service each semester in order to receive the citizenship award. Only two months are left in the semester, and we haven't begun working on this yet. Michael flicked at a bug on the table. I meant to sign up to teach basketball at the YMCA, but today I saw that Dylan Kodiak had taken the last spot. There are plenty of spaces still available for volunteering at the hospital, Emily said, or Heidi said. That's because nobody wants to work there, remarked Buddy. I do, said Emily, sitting up straight. I think it would be fun to help at the hospital. Let's all sign up there, and then at least we can be together. At this late date, we've really not left with any other choices, Terrence told them. The hospital it is. Michael sighed loudly and slouched in back into his chair. Working at the hospital around all those sick people and, and old people sounds like a nightmare to me. It better not interfere with basketball practice. It won't be so bad. You'll see, said Emily cheerfully. Then she grinned. You never know. Helping at the hospital may change your whole life. Maybe you'll decide to be a doctor. Michael fiercely wadded up one of the napkins, his frown only deepening. Terence chewed on his pencil and looked thoughtfully. The girls began to gather up mustard packets and clear the table. The meeting was over. Buddy swallowed the last bite of his third pretzel and gave silent thanks that no one had asked him why he arrived late. Anyone want to go fishing? he asked. 